Hello and welcome to the Race Dilemma podcast. My name is Drew Hawley and I'm here with my brother and co-host Daniel Sloan. This podcast is really about giving a voice to those people of a mixed heritage, initially within our own family whose racial background is not always obvious due to their pale skin colour and have found themselves to be at the centre of a personal race dilemma and at times having to prove their ethnic credentials in order to be heard. And of course we have broadened the conversation out into the many corners of some of the so-called problems of being from a racially mixed background. And if you feel you may want to contribute or have a story to tell and would like to be featured on an episode, please reach out to us on the Race Dilemma Podcast at gmail.com. And if you really like these episodes, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and feel free to share with your family and friends. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Race Dilemma podcast. And on today's episode, we have our cousin Stuart with us, who was the catalyst for the idea of this podcast. Stuart's father is our mum's cousin, and both of his parents are of Anglo-Indian stock. So if you could just remind me, Stuart, where both of your parents were born. Uh, my dad was born in Peshawar. And your um, mum? Mum was born in Kodi Canal, which is so, in South India. So... Peshawar is the northern part of Pakistan, right? Nearly on the border of Afghanistan, yeah. isn't it? Right up there at the top. Correct, yeah. And so where did they meet then? Where did they meet, mum and dad? Um, they met in Karachi. So after my mum was born, um, uh, soon after my mum was born, there was partition. Mm-hmm. So um, after partition, my granddad was in the Indian Navy. Um, but again, after partition, he was told that he wasn't going to be able to rise up the ranks mm-hmm. in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, he had friends that were in Pakistan, in the Pakistan Navy, and they spoke to their bosses and convinced them to let my granddad come over. So, my, yeah, my granddad moved over to Pakistan yeah, okay. and joined okay. the Pakistan Navy. So he was... He, they lived in Karachi, right? Because it's on the sea, yeah, isn't it? Anyway. They lived in Karachi, yeah. And your dad, and your dad, by that time, had moved down to Karachi, and they'd met through the church or whatever youth club or something like that. Yeah, whatever it I was. think they met. So my mum was actually friends, best friends with my aunt first, uh-huh. my dad's sister, right, Maureen. And then, Maureen. yeah, even though there's a bit of an age difference there, mm-hmm. um, they were they were best friends because mm-hmm. um, I think they went to the same convent school. Okay. And then later on, my mum met my dad through so, through um, through his sister, and then they uh, yeah they were together ever since. Mm-hmm. So, just to give some clarity, then both your mum and dad were of Anglo Indian stock. Correct. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they got some British in them somewhere back. Yeah. As our, as our granddad did. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere back. Although, to look at our, I mean, not not your mum nor dad, but I mean, to look at our granddad, you wouldn't think so because it's, it's yeah, so and it's I, probably the same with. It's really weird, like they're probably the same with my grandparents, my on my dad's side mm. and on my mum's mm. side as well, my grandparents. But even my dad's sister, even though she's quite fair skinned, she looks Indian. So they so Anglo Indian stock, and as you describe, quite Anglo Indian. Doesn't mean to say that they're going to be particularly light skinned nor particularly dark skinned. There's every, there's every, no. every shade in between, isn't there? From very dark to yeah. very pale. Yeah. And 
you are you are of that Anglo-Indian stock because of your mum and dad, as is your brother, as are we, yeah. I suppose. Um, and you, by your own description, you're quite pale skin, quite white, as you describe mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. But, in, but inside, you don't feel that because you've got this heritage, no. same as no. ours, you know. Yeah. And that's and recently you've. Um, well, not, I don't know how recently, but I think in previous conversations you said that um, it's made you think about things in a different way because people view you in a different way. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it came came to the forefront. Um, I wouldn't say for the first time, I'll probably say it came to the forefront again during, this, uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement um, earlier this year. Mm. Um, and what was it? What was it? Uh, well, I was um, putting off, putting on um, a lot of posts on my Instagram, like supporting the Black Lives Matter, supporting um, just different different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I suppose maybe not supporting Black Lives Matter, but trying to find ways where everyone can come together, mm-hmm. like trying to find solutions. But I was just, I think it was like one post. It was like saying don't it's, there's no need to be it's not just something along the lines it's you can't just be not racist you have to be anti-racist uh, oh meaning gosh, what that, does that mean okay. so meaning like it's okay not to be racist but if you see people being racist then you you speak Step up in. about it right, as well okay okay um and then i was speaking to uh, your daughter florence mm-hmm. Um, and we, she said, oh, I'm so glad you've put something like that up because I don't know. Um, she was having a similar dumb dilemma to me, mm-hmm. both quite fair-skinned. And people look at us on the, on outside on the street and you're not going to say, oh, you're half Asian or... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because of my jet black hair, maybe the same with Florence, people might think we've got something something in us, but no one ever quite comes up to you and says, oh, what are you? You can't really tell. Um, well, the way, the, the way my son described it, he was sort of describing what you just said, and he said, you know, people don't know whether, you know, he says, one of us or an outsider, he says. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was quite funny, really. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, well, yeah, I've, I mean, I've had it all my life. Like, yeah. My dad is quite, he's got quite olive tan skin, mm-hmm. same as my brother. But my mum and myself are quite fair skinned. Hmm. Um, Have you got your you got your mum's skin tone, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a time, sort of going back to your childhood, where where um, you sort of first became aware of actually I'm Anglo Indian or my parents are Anglo Indian, but I'm, you know, I'm I, I appear not to be not to look Asian or Anglo Indian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's something I didn't really feel in primary school. I mean, there were instances where I knew something was different, mm. but I didn't feel it inside until secondary school. Mm. Um, looking at the time I did feel it, or I knew something was different in um, primary school. I, I said I knew something was different in primary school. I didn't feel it at that time, at that moment in time, because mm. I was quite young. I was seven or eight years old. Mm. Um, so I didn't, being that young, I didn't know, like my mum and dad have always brought us up 
or they brought us up at the time not to see colour. It mm-hmm. was, um, I mean, growing up in Balham, you had, I had, I mean, the majority of my friends were were black or Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I remember one of the children, he was an um, English guy. Uh, they asked, uh, or his mum said, oh, Stuart and, Stuart and Mark get on really well. Let's, uh, why don't Stuart come over for dinner? Um, now they lived across the road from us. Right. Um, so my mum was like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, this is in Balham, yeah. Um, so I remember going round and I say, I don't remember it at, from happening at the time, but something along the line, along the way, probably in secondary school where I started to feel I was different, something there's triggers this like memory I have of it. So I remember going in um, into this person's house and they said, oh, come into, come into the living room. Were you on your own or with, with, you, with your mum? Yeah, I was with my mum. Right. Um, and, you know, mums being mums and I suppose little children at um, seven or eight being going into someone different, someone else's house. Mm-hmm. I was holding my mum's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going into the front room and then turning around and seeing two other, two older boys sitting on the, on the sofa mm. um, and they had like shaved heads. And then above them was a flag of a swastika. Oh dear, dear. Um, so horrific, I just remember like it? seeing something like that and then feeling my mum's hand grip my hand. Yeah. Um, and I think at the time, obviously you can't, my mum didn't want to, Cause a cause a fuss or anything. Um, so she said, "Oh, like you have fun, like whatnot." Went off, and it couldn't have been more than ten, fifteen minutes later. My mum came and picked me up, mm. um, saying that, "Oh, Stuart's granddad has just flown in, okay. um, flown into London. Um, we <laughs> flown need in to from go. Pakistan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need to go and pick." To be honest, she probably would have. She probably could have said that. <laughs> um, but I just remember her saying, "Our Stuart's granddad's flown in, and we, like we need to go and pick him up from the airport." <sighs> and then took me out, and off you went. And yeah, but like I said, I, I don't remember anything after after leaving the house. So my mum could have explained to me at the time. Mm. I don't know. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that the mum, the mum asked your mum if he likes chips. Does he eat chips? You know, roast potatoes. <laughs> but a swastika—that's a bit. That's a bit heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying. It's just something I just remember. Yeah. I can still. I can still see it. Like even now. Had you forgotten about that then? Until you started talking about this stuff. No, no, I hadn't forgotten about it. I've always. It's always been there, and it's something I've always. Like I say, it's something I've always. When I think, when I talk about racism and 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 the like, I've always said I haven't personally felt racism unless I've told people my background, uh-huh. and then you then I would get the odd comments. Um, but I haven't, because of the way I look. It's not something like um, either yourself or Andrew or. Um, 
or a black person on the street would actually feel it because they look different. Mm. Like I look slightly different, but people would just say, "Oh, yeah. I'm pale enough to pass off for being white." Yeah, so you're not you're not too much of a threat, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. To be fair, I could be like a little Trojan horse, like <laughs> getting into all the white, white <laughs> like racists, and like blow yeah. them up from from within. But it must be quite, and that that is difficult though. Feeling uh, feeling how you felt because of your background, because of, because of your mum and dad's, because of your home, yeah. your parental home, where you were, what the culture, your mum and your grandma and granddad, all that stuff, and then you going out and looking white or looking very pale is very very difficult I don't think people realise yeah. actually it really is a dilemma because as my daughter described that the inside you feel she when she went to uni- when she went to university she felt as brown as the Asian girls there but they didn't see her like that she, she no. realised she realised when she went and she, among, she thought she looked like all the other Asian girls but she doesn't and um, no. it, it, I didn't realise how difficult it was when you were growing up um you probably felt quite comfortable around people of different cultural backgrounds, right? Yeah, yeah, completely. As I say, living in Ballum, like it's, it's a multicultural area, mm. or it was, I should say. Um, growing up there, I mean, like I say, the majority of people I knew, or my friends, were black or Asian, or even mixed race Asian, like. Um, Two of my like, two of my best friends who I've known since I was five years old hmm. are of um, their dad's Indian and mum's English. Okay. So, and again, it's weird, strange for them because they don't. If you looked at them, you wouldn't be able to tell that they were. Oh really? Like, they weren't half and half mixed either. Like okay. very very pale. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say is Asian about them is the jet black hair. Right. <laughs> But as you say that, I mean, they, 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 some people may think yeah. they are from somewhere else, European, yeah. Southern yeah. European, Italian, Spanish, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And they had like English, like Christian first names. Yeah. But an Indian okay. surname. What about you? Mentioned, you mentioned last week about going on holiday when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, going on holiday. Like even, um, Didn't like you this to... was probably more, more in, the, in secondary school. Right. Um, going on holiday and people saying, oh, like, where are you going? And we, it wasn't summer holidays. It was more like the Easter holidays because mm-hmm. obviously going to somewhere like Pakistan in the summer is probably <laughs> not advisable <laughs> with the heat. Yeah. So it's probably a, like a lot easier to, the weather's probably more bearable yeah, in, in Easter. Like between November and March. Yeah. Time. So I remember, yeah, going and people saying, oh, where are you going on holiday? And I'm excited about going on holiday. And going on a plane somewhere, and I was saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to Pakistan." And people like, "What? Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? We're going what? there. For Why are you going there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, don't you mean Spain? Like somewhere like that? Like, yeah. no, I'm Why going to Pakistan. Go and, yeah. Like, Why are you going there? And then like, again, having to explain. Well, that's where my parents grew up. Were they shocked? Like, you know, when yeah. people yeah. Fa- found out for the first time that actually. Oh wow! Oh, I had no idea, right? Yeah, especially because like I've got a, for some reason. Um, I mean, to be fair, it is to do with my on my dad's side. His um, paternal father was part Scottish. Right, that's right. So, for some reason, I'm the only one in I know in the family that's got a completely Scottish 
Scottish name. Of course. And Morrison. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, say growing up, like people saying your name's, or you tell people, yeah, but my parents like were born in India and grew up in Pakistan, but you're white. But no, I'm not. (laughs) When you were growing up and even to date, do you feel that you're carrying something around with you, Stuart? Is there some? Are you waiting for someone to say something and you have to justify who you are? I, mean, I say justify, but is there are you sort of dreading this big reveal? Should it ever happen? To- um, I would say probably not as much now because I'm probably more vocal about it now. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, that's not to say that's been in just this past year, but um, as I've grown up, I've been more vocal about where my parents have come, mm. where my parents have been, like, or came from, where they were born, my grandparents. Um, I've had it at work where people say, like, um, or people who know where I'm from. And then I remember you guys started, and he was a Muslim. Stuart's family's from Pakistan. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was, he was surprised. He was really surprised. Yeah, he's like, you're from Pakistan? guys. yeah, my parents like my parents were born in India but yeah. grew up in Pakistan and yeah. Karachi and mm-hmm. has anyone sort of drilled further and gone but but are, you, are your parents white then yeah like why but why do you look pale then <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean that's been when they do say oh but how come you, you like you look the way you are and you've got an English name um, and that's when I have to explain to them and go through alright yeah so it's the Anglo-Indians um, <laughs> that's gone back to the British Empire and it's carried on. Yeah. You, do you remember your Uncle Rudy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he lived in Karachi, didn't he? I stayed with him. I yeah. stayed with him when I went over there. And um, I remember talking to him about the Anglo-Indians and um, <clears throat> saying to him, you know, him saying to me about how I felt about fitting in over here. And I, and I asked him about being Anglo-Indian. I said, what was it like? Because, you know, what was it like for the Anglo-Indian? It must be quite difficult because you were this sort of buffer between the English and the Indian. The Anglo-Indians really weren't, I mean, not, not your granddad, of course, but, I mean, generally speaking, I don't think they were given positions of particular power. They may have been sort of mid-management or something like that, but they were not really pushed up to the, to the, top, of the top of the tree, as it were. I remember speaking to you, your Uncle Rudy about it, our Uncle Rudy about it. And um, he said exactly the same thing. He said, that, that is our problem. We, we have a foot in both camps, we think, but we're not quite sure, you know, one yeah. of us or one of us or one of them. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think for some, sometimes it's felt a bit like that for me, although I haven't always been the one to decide where I've, no. what camp I go in. Others have decided it for me, which is fine. But, you know, I just wonder yeah. if that was a problem for you or how you felt about but- Probably not as much for me, but probably more more so for my my parents. Right. I think especially growing up in Pakistan as well. Um, I mean, at the time when they first started growing up there, Pakistan was a relatively new country mm. um, after partition. And I think I'm not saying they're not accepting of um, other religions now, but I think at that time they were more accepting of of all different religions. Um, and I think my dad always, my dad said that about being Anglo-Indian. The whites didn't want you. Yeah. But the Indians didn't want you either. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, we were just on, in our own, we had our, they had mm. their own little bubble growing up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Pakistan. Mm. Because as you say, they, you weren't, 
accepted by one one yeah. side, one part of your race or heritage, and you weren't accepted by another part of your yeah. heritage. So it was it was strange. They had there like being Anglo Indian is like they're your own community. Yeah. Um, like even in even to this day now over here they have Anglo Indian dances, which my parents go to. Did you feel Did you feel part of that community? I know your mum and dad. They your mum and dad would, but did you fit into that? Did you feel that you could fit into that quite comfortably? And say, oh yeah, I belong here at the, at the dances or the church halls or wherever it is you went. Yeah, uh, I think probably growing up, no, yeah. I didn't feel, but. It's because it's like, oh, who wants to go to a dance with their parents? <laughs> so it wasn't because of the community. It was like, yeah. I don't want to be here. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm like 14, 15 years old. Like, shouldn't I, I should be allowed to stay at home on my own by now. Um, and then growing up before that, even before that, you don't know because you're just playing with other children Yeah, that are Anglo-Indian, but some of them looked Indian, some of them didn't look Indian. Yeah. The thing I the thing I found always found strange amongst not not your mum and dad but other Anglo Indian people that I met along the way even in even in Karachi that you sort of made to feel that you were well I'm, I was made to feel as though I was one of them and I and I was one of them but I had a different accent to them <laughs> you know? yeah I got an English accent but they've all got Anglo Indian accents more yeah. Indian than English so it, it was really <laughs> difficult for me as well I thought do I belong here is this is yeah. this my lot yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, uh, even to this day, like my parents, um, no. So people from my work have met my parents. One of the first things they'll say is like, oh, "But I thought you said your parents from India." I was like, "They are, but they don't have an accent." <laughs> they do have a little bit of an accent, your mum and dad, don't they? But it's an Anglo accent, isn't it? It's, it's... Yeah, but it's not. I think they were expecting a full-on Indian accent. It's, they've got a subtle accent. I mean, we, we, yeah. we've grown up. I don't, I don't realise it. Other people say they've got an accent. Yeah. And I, I, obviously growing up a bit, I've not, I've not, no, I don't yeah. catch on to it. Obviously though, obviously your work colleagues are expecting, they're expecting like, Proper Indians, aren't they? They're expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever a proper Indian is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only, the only really time I can pick up on their accents is if my mum's talking to someone in India. Oh, really? And then the accent comes comes across more naturally. Yeah. And that's when I notice it. Your mum my mum has this yeah. tendency, she's a bit of a like an accent um, chameleon. Okay. So she's got, like, fam, she's got a lot of her cousins are, are in Scotland. Hmm. And when she talks to them, all of a sudden she's got a bit of a Scottish time oh, really? as well. Yeah. It was a way of fitting, it's a way of fitting in and being understood, yeah. isn't it? I think we all do that. You yeah. probably change, your accent probably changes <clears throat> when you get to work. It may do or yeah. it may not. <clears throat> but I know when I used to work at the college, it did. And that's because people from other countries don't have, they have a hard time understanding people with the South London accent. So you have to sort of yeah. turn it you know, retune it if you like. Yeah, put on the T's. Yeah, yeah, you just have to be understood, don't you? You have to, you have to yeah. be understood. Did your mum and dad ever meet any problems here? Did they ever meet any any racism along the way? Because they, were, I remember when they came. I remember when your dad came. Mum and dad came in the early seventies, wasn't it? They they came over. Yeah. I always thought your dad, incidentally, as an aside, as another aside, I always thought your dad. Um, was the epitome of style, you know. I always thought he was really smart. He was really, yeah. you know, always, always smart, 
suits, yeah. hair done, well, I, I, shirts, like everything. You say that. You know? I, yeah, funny you say that. I only found out maybe probably about two months ago. They were, we were going through some old pictures of my dad um, and he sent some to the phone. And I was like, look at you posing. And, and my mom said, oh, that's when... Um, his cousin was taking photos of him for a magazine. Oh, really? I was like, wait. I was like, dad was a, gonna, dad was a model. And he was like, yeah, I was. I was like, there's no way you're a model in Pakistan. <laughs> no, but it was always really stylish, always smart. Yeah. I, I, as a young kid, I used to admire him from far. I think, how does he, how does he keep so clean and so nice? Everything's really <laughs> shoes are tight, everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. I would say, yeah, you say that about my dad. My dad's the type of person that puts on a shirt and trousers to go shopping. Whereas all normal people just go in tracksuit or jeans and a T-shirt. He puts yeah. on a full shirt and trousers That's all right. to go shopping. I'm, I'm with him. Even though I don't, I'm with him all the way. Yeah. I think standards have <laughs> slipped, to be honest. I think they're pretty scruffy now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So did, did they ever meet any problems, Stuart, along the way? Did Again, not, not that they've actually told us about. And I have like even like even recently I've pushed them to to then ask them about it and they haven't I'm not sure they actually if if they did and they just don't want to talk about it. But to me they haven't said that they've ever come across any racism in this country. Hmm. Um their complexion, I think maybe like giving them a giving them a little bit of a pass. <laughs> so, all right. So, going back to you and the incident with the skinheads and the Nazi swastika on the yeah. wall, and that yeah. from that point, say around about that time, were there times in school where you felt uncomfortable, where you felt that you didn't fit, where it was a problem for you because of the way you looked and what whose camp you got in, you, you fitted in? Yeah, I think I'd say more more so in secondary school because mm. I think in secondary school that's you've got you're growing up with people who probably got bigger voices than than what they would have at, in primary school. Yeah. Um, you're mixing, I think, more so you, you actually realise you're mixing with older older people in secondary school as well. It, it just feels like in primary school, everyone's the same age, even though yeah, you're growing course. up from 5 to 11. It just feels like everyone's the same age in primary school, whereas in secondary school, you know there's people older than you. Or it, or it feels more real that there's people older than you. I want to be a little bit provocative with you yeah. and, um, and ask you, if, it's a bit of a naughty question, but if someone were to ask me, I'd say, um, was there any particular group that made you feel uncomfortable in secondary school? Um, I would say more, if there was a, a group that made me feel a, a little bit more uncomfortable. Again, maybe it's my unconscious bias. It would have been like the, the white kids in school. Mm. Um, maybe because, like I say, maybe it's my unconscious biases because I grew up around in Balham, growing up around uh, black and Asian kids predominantly. My friends were black and Asian. Mm-hmm. So going into school and I remember, like, you, we were all like moved. We were all like splitting because a lot of my friends from primary school went to the same secondary school. Where was that anyway? Incidentally, where was that? Uh, Westminster City in Victoria. Oh, really? Okay, I oh, know. Yeah. Um, 
So I think it was there that I probably felt a little bit, as I say, we're all taken away from this this bubble of being mm-hmm. in the in the like one class in primary school safety bubble by the sounds of it yeah and like being able to sit on the same tables as each other and whatnot and then going into secondary school we're all put into different classes Mm. or different forms um and then you're told where to sit and you sit in alphabetical order and all of a sudden i'm sitting next to this person i don't know and he doesn't know me i'm looking like oh right this is actually a white person next to me did uh, did, were you conscious of that were you did you think about that yeah yeah, it's like I'm not used to this because because yeah. the primary school was so so different, yeah. and because I was with my friends and my friends growing up in primary school were, let's say, predominantly black and in or black and Indian. Um, but you and when you went to secondary school, well, you didn't look Indian, did you? No, but I felt it. Yeah. I, that's what I mean. That's, yeah. in oh. secondary school is where I felt different. Right. Compared to, it was like okay, these aren't the people I know now. So you were you you were not made to feel different. You just felt different inside. I say yeah. just you felt yeah. different inside. I felt different. I guess when you're coming of age or you're you're a teenager, you you become more aware of your background, who you are, and you become more proud of who you are as well, right? Yeah, and I think as you say, growing up, you're learning more. So. At that stage, being 11, I'm learning more not only from my mum and dad, but learning more from my grandparents as well. Mm. Because after school, we would go to my grandparents. Yeah, that's right. Um, after school, until my mum finished work, and then she'd take us home. Um, this is your mum's mum and dad, right? Your parents, yeah. 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 Um, and that was only because my dad used to work nights. Yeah. So we can go home after school because he be sleeping okay and then by the time we would there'd be a gap basically between the time he'd have to leave to go to work and my mum getting home yeah so we we stayed at my grandparents after school so that's when learning more from them and being around that I suppose culture like it's not it's gone from coming home from school and my grandma would always make us a little snack before, mm-hmm. um, for after school. And it'll be, it, sometimes it'll be like chicken nuggets, fish fingers and chips and yeah. whatnot. But then other times it'll be a curry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start thinking, all oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and chapati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, your, 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 your grandma and granddad and your mum and dad, I mean, they're very, it's all very cultured, isn't it? They're all very... Very nice, yeah. very cultured, very together family, very together part of the family. And you would, I would imagine as a young boy, that would have been very nice for you, very comforting, very nice for you. You could learn so much, especially from your Uncle yeah. Jack being in the Indian and Pakistani Navy. You had high standards, very educated, yeah. very clever. That must have been brilliant for you as a young boy growing up. And to have a granddad like yeah, that, it was, you know, yeah, it was, um, Yeah, and I think anyone who knows me, knows how close I was to my granddad, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, yeah, I think a lot, of, a lot of his morals got passed down to, to my mum. My mum's passed them down. But I think even, even to my dad, um, like, I suppose I'd, I'm not sure how it is in, in other families, but he was very, like, 
like well received in by the in-laws. Whereas I suppose now you, you hear the the stereotypical. Oh, your dad, your dad, your dad had had and has got very high standards. He seems he's, he's very brought, well brought up. Your dad, yeah, extremely, yeah. But I think you know you hear the stories of oh the the son doesn't get on with the in laws or oh, the, well, the, no, the wife just, doesn't get no, on with the no, in laws I mean, and whatnot. He's fantastic, your dad. He's but absolutely fantastic. My dad was very well received yeah, by yeah. parents, so I think yeah. in a strange way, my granddad's my granddad's morals. Not say my dad's mum and um, stepdad didn't have any morals, but a lot of my granddad's morals probably got passed down to my dad as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can hear you talking about yeah. your granddad in the same way. And, and I, I've often said to people, if you know me, you know how close I was to my grandma. Yeah. Like you're saying about your granddad, you know. Yeah. And it's strange because my dad would always say that about his um, Aunt Olive okay. as well. Okay. So, yeah, it's something that seems to have been passed down that we've, everyone's got this connection with not just their parents, but someone attached to their parents. I can see I can see because of it and because of yourself, Stuart, I mean you're very together. You've got you've got no real race dilemma, have you? I can hear that you're very proud of yourself, proud extremely proud of your background, your granddad in particular, and everything that goes with, with that. And um you know, we appreciate you coming on it <laughs> we're just saying it how it is and saying how you feel really. And this was yeah. As I said before, this is all sparked off by a conversation you may have had with Florence on the on the Instagram, and um, yeah. how distressed she was. Well, distressed, how distressed she was, and she was really pleased that you reached out to her. And I want to thank you <coughs> for that. And no, that's fine. Yeah, you know. So, like speaking to Florence, it was, um, you know, looking the way we are. It's if I try and ram this point too hard home people are going to start looking at me funny and thinking, why are you, like, why are you so invested? <laughs> um, where it's like, hang on, this is me. This is my, like, yeah, this is my background. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And especially during the Black Lives Matter part, it was even more so for me because of my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mixed race, like their parents, their, their mum's um both their mums are, um, are Bayesian, mm-hmm. like from Barbados. Mm-hmm. So, and we've had this talk before, it's like, they, when they go out on the streets, no one's going to look at them and think they're mixed race. No. With their, like, um, Afro hair. Yeah. No one's yeah. going to say, oh yeah, you're mixed race. They're going to be, they're just going to be looked at as black. Okay. Um, and I think that's one thing my brothers try to do is educate them, his children as well. And, for them to be proud of being black as well. As I said in the previous two podcasts, Stuart, I hope I don't know what's I don't know about the future. I don't know about our children's children's future and right. your nieces and nephews' future. But let's <clears> hope <throat> let's hope something gets sorted out. Let's hope let's hope it's a little bit better in years to come. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be something that's going to take maybe let's say not our generation, not the next generation, oh, not the generation after that. It's going to be a few generations down the line, um, and. My view now is we can't, obviously we can't change the past, but instead of trying to change the older generation's views, let's bring our children up with the correct morals. Good, well said. And that's a a great ending as well. That's right. So Stuart, thank you so much for joining us on the Race Dilemma podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. 
If you've liked what you've heard, please subscribe on your favourite directory. And if you've liked it even more, then please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, if you would like to be featured on the Race Dilemma podcast, please reach out to us on the Race Dilemma podcast at gmail.com. That's it from us, and we'll see you on the next episode.